Hey everyone, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 567 being recorded Thursday, December 5th, 2019. I'm Jim Tannis. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Sebastian Peake. And we're glad you could join us. We normally do these on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, now that Daylight Savings Time is over, that's 3 a.m. UTC. I've been sending the emails out of the last few weeks with the wrong time in it. But uh, yeah, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays normally. Uh, but we're a day late this week, and to make sure that you never miss a live show, if that's what you're into, head on over to pcpro.com slash subscribe, where you can join our mailing list. We use it only to notify you when we're going to go live, uh, so you can join there. And uh, of course, if you want to catch the podcasts on demand, head over to pcpro.com slash podcast, where you can you know, see all the episodes listed. We've got the embedded video player there. We've got direct links to audio, all the show notes and links, picks of the week, and of course, a link to our Discord server, so you can join us and our community there on Discord. But uh, before we get started today, you know, the last few weeks, uh, I, I have a feeling that we're not getting through to some of you. We've talked very positively about AMD's very exciting, uh, awesome product launches. Uh, AMD is, is pretty much it at all price points on the desktop a either the best option or a very close second and that's something that we haven't been able to say in a long time and we think that's great but we continue to get i don't know feedback i don't know if you can call it feedback <laughs> who's we apparently you are well i've got some yeah. emails some tweets we get comments i want to oh. make sure we're making it clear to you so i hit the sauce pretty hard this afternoon uh -oh. jack daniels tennessee fire Whiskey. Wait, did you mm. reply to any of these messages in this in that condition? No, but I, I Tennessee decided fire. I, is that wait a minute, hold on. It's Tennessee basically, fire. Is uh, this a cinnamon? Is this like Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's basically fireball. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. But it was nothing good can happen when you're drinking cinnamon whiskey. So I made something just to really drive the point home. Oh no. Okay. And if you don't buy an AMD CPU, Baby Yoda will cry. Yes, Baby yes. Yoda was, for, for our audio-only listeners, which I always have to remember is like 80% of our audience, uh, yeah. that was, a, <laughs> that was a, a, a graphic with fireworks and spinning Ryzen was... processors and Lisa Sue with Baby Yoda looking admiringly up at Lisa and big red text flashing in your face saying, buy an AMD CPU. So I hope it that It was a clarifies. graphic in the the best mid 1990s tradition of internet graphics and that's that's about the peak of my editing abilities so i was quite proud of that but um yeah hey, you put our faces on in sync once i mean there there was a time yeah. when jim was spending hours of his life coming up with some sort of a clever gimmick at the end well, of a podcast yeah. video that probably of the small percentage that watches the video instead of listening on audio how many listen or watch all the way to the end to see the clever video? But th that was when I was drinking higher quality alcohol. So okay, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's our you know AMD CPUs if on the desktop like and I'm because I hate myself I'm going to say this which will generate more controversy laptops right now a different story Intel's probably still your best bet in most laptop categories as long as supply is an issue there as long as you can yeah. find something. Uh, you know, available and at the right price point, Intel's still still probably your best bet in laptops right now. That's almost certainly going to change once we get Zen 2 into mobile, hopefully early next year, although 
not quite sure on the timing. So, you know, that's, I hope we're done. If that doesn't work, I don't know what will. But anyway, let's, uh, let's move on and let's talk about uh, something else that's mobile. Uh, and that is, of course, Qualcomm. Qualcomm had its big Maui. It's, it's now, is this the third or fourth year they've done it in Maui? Uh, it's been a number, pretty much every December for at least the last couple of years, they've had their big conference out in Maui, uh, to announce their new products and their new, uh, strategies. Uh, we weren't able to go, unfortunately, but, uh, we've got some news here that, uh, of, of the, all the things they announced, the biggest, uh, is of course their mobile chipsets, the next generation of Qualcomm Snapdragon chipsets being headlined by the new flagship 865. Uh, tell us about this, Jeremy. Uh, well, we've got three different chips coming out. Uh, one, the, the one that shows up there, the 865, is the, the higher quality, or is the, the fancy one. So it has 5G because everything has to get 5G in it. Now I'm pretty sure that the next, you know, chair that you buy will be 5G connected. It's, uh, in this case, uh, an X52 5G modem, and they're claiming in a perfect world with no humidity in a direct site and, you know, no more than a couple of millimeters separation to be able to hit 3.6 gigabits download, which is impressive. Uh, God, I hope that you have a good mobile plan because otherwise you're going to be ruining your life within, you know, a couple of hours, especially since it supports 4K HDR capture. Again, it's just a huge, gigantic amount of bandwidth that you need 5G and workable 5G to be able to pull off. And that they're suggesting that uh, it's going to, or, or sorry, no, that's, I've got it backwards. The 865 is actually 7.5 gigabits download. And you're going to see that in the Xiaomi Mi 10 smartphone very soon and a bunch of others, you know, as, as they come out, although good luck getting a 5g signal. The one I meant to be talking about was the 765, uh, with the 52 5g modem and 4k HDR capture, but it comes in two flavors, just a plain old 765 and a 765 G, which Qualcomm is suggesting will offer, they say desktop level performance in gaming. I, I suspect wanting to get modern console level performance with uh, a lot of the fiddles that they do to make uh, lower quality sampling look much better than it actually is, is what you're going to see. But still for a smartphone, that's uh, pretty bloody impressive. We didn't, I, at least I didn't see any specs on what the graphics are going to be in there other than obviously it's going to be a Snapdragon product. I don't know if Josh, you Adreno. have any chance to, it is Adreno. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's Adreno. Um, they didn't go too deep a dive that I saw today with the graphics portion, but they did talk about, uh, you know, the CPUs and caches and, and that for the 865. And it's, uh, you know, they're all uh, ARM A7, A77 based. Um, they've got four big cores, and one is a prime core, they call it, I think. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, it goes up to like 2.83 gigahertz as compared to 2.5 something for the uh, yeah, the three. And then the prime core also has like 512K of L2 cache, and the other ones have 256, which is your software has got to be really aware of, of what's going on because 
having mismatched cash sizes is is not great, and that's something that they yeah. ran into with uh, you know the big little stuff uh, initially because uh, this also has four A fifty five Cortex A fifty five cores, and each one of those has one hundred and twenty eight of uh, L one or L two rather, and so uh, yeah, your your software has to be really aware where it's throwing threads, and it can't do a lot of thread jumping on CPU cores because you've got all these cache size mismatches. And, and certainly they kind of solve that with a big little and that, you know, low level stuff is, is going to go to the small cores and in low power areas and stuff that, you know, it doesn't matter. The OS will, will shoot all that stuff there and shut down the big cores. And then in this one, they're just adding kind of another layer of, of um, complexity with, you know, one kind of super core that is going to be, you know, low latency, bigger cal two cache, you know, stuff that, that needs, you know, address now uh, is going to be going there. Um, didn't see a whole lot else. Uh, you know, it's just got a lot of the uh, the, the regular ARM kind of interfaces that, um, you know, the, the, the memory controllers and, and the L3 cache, I believe they've got there and how it connects to um, the graphics as well as the DSP and the AI stuff. You know, AI is now becoming big. Uh, but they were showing real-time translation of of audio, you know, of of, of vocal uh, translation from one language to another that was being done in real time on just the CPU, and not you know like going through Google's massive servers out in yeah. in, in middle of nowhere. So um, this looks to be a pretty impressive launch. Uh, it's all like seven nanometer parts, and I think it's uh, seven nanometer seven NP their new performance uh, seven nanometer process from TSMC is what Qualcomm looks to be uh, to happening for this. And it's going to be first half and the first half probably, uh, but it's going to be a 2020 product. Don't expect it in January, February, March. It's going to be well later on in the year. And, uh, you know, they're kind of uh, the first big guys out there to, to have these next gen parts and announcing it. And it's, it's going to be one of the first A77. I think it's one of the first A77 cores out there. I can't remember. I mean, there's just so damn many Cortex. I, the last uh, I don't think there's Kieran a Kieran had it, maybe. Well, let's Kieran see if maybe. there's a Cortex A78. There's not yet. Okay. Only A77 is the one that was announced uh, earlier this year. When uh, I'm curious. down to England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Adreno so we, 650 is listed for this, but of course there's there no go. specs on that. I don't see a product page for 650 yet, so I don't know no, if they increase no. core counts or if it's just higher clocks. Uh, you know, they kind of. It sounds like the Adreno people did much the same as what uh, uh, Molly did. Is that a lot of the things are still around the same kind of size uh, in terms of you know die space and that, but they've chopped it up a little bit better. Uh, they've they've allowed a little bit more flexibility, so you know it it it's not radically different, but it gives you a significant boost in performance and capabilities. You know, as it, like I said, it's there's more than one way to skin a cat, and you know they've they've taken uh, you know a, a ten to twenty percent increase in transistor count, but they've improved performance, you know, thirty to forty percent in, in in certain scenarios, and so it's. Uh, you know, it sounds like they've they've done a lot of the similar type things in getting uh, performance improvements without breaking the bank in terms of die size and TDPs. 
I'd be shocked if we don't see an actual product for at least one of the companies like Xiaomi uh, for Mobile World Conference, which sort of pegs it into Feb. Yeah. As I recall from last year, so Ken went for us last year to their yeah. to the Qualcomm conference, and then I went out to San Francisco in, yeah, I think it was either February or, or early March for Qualcomm, and they uh, that's when they had all the, the first units. I don't know if they were for sale yet technically then, but they had their partner phones on display for the press. So they follow that same timetable. At least you'll, you'll start to see at least uh, the options you'll have with these new processors uh, in the first quarter next year. But, and hopefully uh, a spec sheet. Yes, yeah. yes. The most interesting thing to me about this was, and I was looking at the Ars Technica article earlier, which is that their modem is not integrated. The 5G modem, which is a separate product, is not integrated into mm-hmm. the chip. And they and won't makes sense. sell and they won't sell an 865 without one. So if you want the flagship from Qualcomm, they require you to buy the 5G modem. You cannot implement this 865 with a 4G modem. There's no integrated baseband of any kind, apparently. So yeah, well, it's, I think it, it's integrated in the 765 in the mid range, right. which is which is meant for like lower yeah. uh, cost devices. Which and it makes sense to sell a lower-end product without the integrated 5G modem. It's just funny. To, like, it's interesting to me to think that they're literally trying to force the issue. Oh, you want a flagship phone, and you want the A6. Like, not not that a company in 2020 would want a flagship Android phone that did not have 5G. They want to be able to boast 5G, even if a tiny percentage of people can actually... GSM only, man. GSM only. Not, not yeah. that a company would, huh? Well, it doesn't matter that Qualcomm has probably the best 5G modem out there. Um, yes. That's Intel, not really saying much because nobody else really no, has it's, one. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> well, Intel almost had one, and it turned out Ding. to be crap. They never well, had And then they sold it. Never had yeah, speaking, never speaking, had yeah. Worked. speaking yeah. of that, uh, our next story, uh, very related, of course, is... Uh, is uh, as this conference is going on, Intel has come out and uh, and, and had some, some issues. They've made some statements... Uh, uh, suggesting uh, that Qualcomm played dirty with Intel's game. So, of course, Intel sold their 5G mobile division to Apple earlier this year. Very, uh, very interesting story, uh, which which was part of uh, ending a lawsuit between Apple and Qualcomm, and 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 just a very, very uh, uh, a lot of moving parts to this this thing. And it was a billion dollars they sold it for. Well, Intel might think or thinking perhaps they got shortchanged here, uh, so they came out with a statement uh, that said, uh, well. When all was when all was said and done, this is a quote: Intel could not overcome the artificial and insurmountable barriers to fair competition created by Qualcomm's scheme, and was forced to exit the market. So you know, that's, you guys that's just this? the whole pod calling the kettle black. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, I mean don't God, get me wrong. So Qualcomm, <laughs> we Qualcomm couldn't overcome yeah. the hurdles. Qualcomm mm-hmm. plays dirty, but coming from Intel, which has also been caught playing dirty. Not necessarily, perhaps not in this specific industry. I don't know. If well, there's and not been only as much... that, but you know, Qualcomm doesn't make nearly as much money, do they? I mean, what is what is their quarterly Qualcomm? It's like five, six billion more. I can't remember. Qualcomm, I don't know. Third few earnings. Let's see what it's. Uh... And I, I did post the the Qualcomm side today, oh, listing okay. out their various. Uh, foibles and the, the various fines that they're paying and the fact that uh, 
some they've got some friends uh, helping them out in their fight against the FTC. So we'll see how that appeal goes. Yeah, it looks oh, like nice. uh, Qualcomm <laughs> makes about five billion. Now, companies' revenue for the quarter rose ninety percent to nine point six billion. So yeah, they have uh, they're about half the half the size, mm-hmm. you know, half the the amount that Intel's making. Yeah, and um, but they've had uh, a huge growth as well. Wow, last uh, Q three of last year was was a five billion dollar quarter. So yeah, they're not doing oh, bad. Apple. They're bigger than AMD, so that's not saying much. It definitely helped to be back in iPhone for them because they yeah. took such a huge loss. Their quarterly that first quarter after Apple had gone pretty much all Intel with the new phone, I think they were down a couple of billion dollars in revenue. They were getting a a lot of their quarterly revenue and still are from Apple because iPhone sales are so strong. So. Yeah. Well, at least that'll continue for the immediate future. Right. Until Apple has their own modem, which they've developed from the Intel technology they bought. What was it? What was that company? Um, Power VR or who did they rip off on graphics? It was the rip fir- off. It was the, the first the company that made the- technology. Imagination. Is, well, they, they licensed they licensed that uh, Apple for a long time, but I don't know the if first, they ripped them off. But they, they bought a them, PA semi they, and they threatened others. to sue them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things where they 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 went another direction and the company pretty much just had nothing left and just shut down, right? Right, and I don't yeah. recall if it was actually litigation or just threats, but there was the implication that Apple used their licensing to reverse engineer the technology, and then was able to. If it's Intel, Qualcomm, Samsung, or Oracle, yes, there was litigation. Yeah. Wait a minute, <laughs> using licensing to reverse engineer the technology isn't that the entire history of AMD as a CPU maker? Uh well. Yeah, no. as an x86, they, like, 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 think about it. Like they like were they just added, a, they added to it and relicensed back. It's mutually beneficial. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. it's Apple, a fascinating story. I I need to read a book about it at some point. Mm-hmm. But if such a book exists, because obviously they got into sixty four in a very different way than Intel initially did, because it was what IA sixty four on the Intel side. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I scary times. Yes, but uh, speaking of Intel, uh, so they they may be. In this new era of competition in one of their strong industries, one of their strong arms, they may be scaling back in other areas. Uh, Jeremy wrote up a story for us. Tell us us what's going on with Intel. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't know Intel, you'd actually think they were in trouble (laughs) because they're bailing on the modems and now they're bailing on uh, the, the new devices group, which was... Uh, the connectivity stuff from, from the internet of crap straight through up to huge gateway devices for enterprise and uh, internet backbones. It only makes Intel $450 million a year. So that's like you've got a paper out and you decide to drop one block and lose $10 a year sort of deal. Uh, but... You know, on the other hand, it makes sense uh, that Intel is sort of saying, you know what, we're having some issues here with uh, moving up or changing our process. We're having trouble with getting stuff out and onto the market. So they've been diversifying, what's not diversifying, but uh, getting rid of a bunch of the various little projects that they've built up over the years 
and seem to be trying to focus more on the core business of the desktops and the server CPUs. Divesting. So, you know, yes, they're divesting themselves of excess baggage and uh, mobile stuff. In one way, it's interesting because if you've ever ripped open uh, some of the older Cisco uh, switches, th those were all AMD powered. Uh, they were relatively low cost did everything you wanted to. And, you know, by Intel sort of backing out of this, it gives, well, Qualcomm, as we've been talking about, but uh, AMD, a shot at a market that, you know, because people are used to dealing with Intel, so they go with Intel regardless. If they're out of the market, now you've got to go shop, figure out what's going on. Look, okay, do I want to go for ultra low power, but maybe not uh, as much processing efficiency unless I stack a whole bunch up or do I want to go something a little more power hungry and a little bit more powerful from AMD. It may actually be good for the market that Intel has sort of gotten their fingers out of these little bits. And we can all hope that it's better for those of us that are shopping for Intel processors that, uh, you know, they'll continue, they'll, they'll start improving a little bit, uh, get AMD to, you know, even more fired up to compete and, you know, maybe be able to, buy them occasionally all right um let's turning to amd real quicker uh, sebastian you have teased this story a few times in uh, recent weeks but we've got some more details Am on I? uh you've mentioned it a few or maybe it was in private but i've heard you talk yeah. about this oh but... you're talking about the mini pc thing or yes yes so so uh it looks like amd is going to be having some more ryzen powered mini pcs coming soon to challenge the intel nook yeah, I mean, this is. I was hoping for some sort of a, a new product announcement to cor correspond with this, but it's just an announcement of their initiative. If you remember a few years ago, I want to say it was Intel's 5x5. Five five. This was the precursor to what is now Mini STX, if that's the form factor. And I've done a couple of Mini STX projects. I think that's right. Anyway, the, the really small motherboards, the 5x5 five five inch motherboards, AMD has this 4x4 initiative. It's this new mini PC push where they've created an open platform, they're calling it, and they're basically creating this reference design that other people can adopt. And they have this list of embedded Ryzen processors with Vega graphics. These are not the new APUs we've been waiting for. This is not the stuff that, that some iteration of is going to be in the new consoles next year. So we're not talking about Zen 2 cores with Navi. That was when I started looking into it and actually I had to dig a little bit because in their uh, press release, they only mention this V1000 and R1000 series. So I'm like, okay, what exactly are those models and what is the core count? What are the GPU, sh like CU counts? So they're not astonishing. Like the, the highest level part is the V1807B. It's a four-core, eight-thread processor that goes up to 3.8 gigahertz. Vega 11 graphics, so that's 704 unified shaders up to 1.3 gigahertz uh, clock speeds for the graphics. And then the memory support is actually up to DDR4-3200, so that's in line with the current Ryzen 3000 stuff. It's just, as with the Ryzen 3000 desktop APUs that have come out this year, they're a generation behind as far as CPU architecture and the graphics portion of it. So it's 14 nanometer stuff that ranges anywhere from 12 to 25 watts configurable up to those high-end parts like that 
V1807B I just mentioned, which are 35 to 54 watt parts. So yeah, you can hit that 35 watt target that you need for the really small form factor uh, designs and below, but it's, I can't see Vega 11 being somebody's solution for like a, a, a small gaming type system. That's not what this is meant for though. I was, I was looking over the press release. If you, if you read it, it's mostly focused on embedded systems for industrial applications, signage, that sort of thing, which is not exciting for end users necessarily, but there were some, uh, companies like ASRock, but it's their industrial side. So I would, I hope that by next year, maybe this creates like building blocks for the continuation of the program with newer architecture, faster CPU cores, better graphics, and then you would legitimately have something to test. Uh, and I was going to say test a 10th gen Intel Nook, but those don't exist. And <laughs> when they do exist, according to Intel's own PDFs on their site that show the specifications of 10th gen Nooks, if you can find it, they're just using 14 nanometer stuff again with more HD graphics. So Gen 11 graphics, not even in the Nook for the 10th generation. So it's, it's that's a, still that's going to be better off. Yeah. You're yeah. still going to be better off with one of these Ryzen embedded solutions, especially that Vega 11 solution or one of the Vega eight solutions than you would be with an Intel Nook. So, and if AMD ever implements integer scaling, which is the thing I've been waiting for. That's why I was excited about Gen 11 graphics and an Intel Nook. I have this 8th Gen Intel Nook behind me. I'm like, this could be like my uh, retro DOS pixel art gaming station where I just have like DOS box and a whole huge library of games on here. But there's no integer scaling with the HD graphics on that thing. And... There's, I mean, it's, I think it has iris graphics, but still, it's Gen 11 and up for integer scaling, I guess, with Intel drivers. Isn't so, but it, it, I thought I read recently that integer scaling was coming to AMD graphics. Or am I misremembering? I don't know. I don't think they've made any official announcement about okay. that. I thought they did. Yeah, I, th- I could I, be totally wrong. It's going to be, it's gonna gonna be could, drivers, I think, uh, available next year for probably Navi initially. Okay. Okay. Hey, that, Perfect. This, could be yeah, wrong. Here, yeah, here we go. Er, earlier this month, AMD prepping integer scaling for Radeon graphics. I, That's know, what I want for Christmas, AMD. Yeah. Every, I want, and, and really, and I, I intentionally had been avoiding this because I didn't want to get caught up or waste time on gaming on these things when I have work to do. But the last that the last processor review was that 10980XE. And I did gaming benchmarks as well, which I didn't have in the review. I'm still collecting data but the i did enable integer scaling because i had a rtx 2080 in there and i just did a quick ab and i'm like oh my god like the difference is it's it's like looking at a dirty window that has like smear marks all over it and then just cleaning it and looking through it again it's literally that dramatic where it goes from smeared and blurry to razor sharp almost yeah, yeah, almost too sharp though. Like if you've seen like a 27 or so inch class high resolution monitor with an old 320 by 240 game running on it, those pixels are really really big and you had end up having to like sit farther back or else you're just like staring at mosaic, but I still prefer it to the the blurred stuff. 
Yeah. What were we even talking about? I don't know what we were talking about. Yeah, something about mini PCs and college football or something. No, uh, hockey. Sabres (laughs) are Calgary. It's three to one. No good. I was going to say, you know, it's Thursday night. I'm missing missing the outstanding product that is NFL Thursday night football. Sure. Which tonight is Bears. Cowboys Cowboys. and Bears. Bears are beating up on the Cowboys. Oh, How do the Cowboys feel about playing two Thursdays in a row? What's up with that? They've uh, who cares? It's the Cowboys. They've never <laughs> lost on Thursday night. They've lost on Thanksgiving, but until tonight, it looks like they'd never lost on Thursday night football. Well, no, uh, no sympathy for Dallas fans. Well, okay, no, no. no sympathy for Dallas team or owners. Period. You know, if you're a Dallas fan, I don't have anything personally against you. I just hate your owner and your franchise. From Buffalo, yeah. hate, is a, hate, hate is a strong word, Jim. Uh, it's accurate. It is. Yeah, it is, and I used it intentionally. Okay. Well, it's, um, it's because you know Jerry Jones fired Johnson, his winning coach, because Johnson was getting all the attention, and Jerry didn't like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Johnson did get a lot of credit back in those days. Yeah, but He's look at coach. what the team's done since then. I mean, look at all oh, those. Hey, he it's got the Bears wins. to give him two billion dollars for a stadium. So yeah, that's a win. That's the game. But, uh, yeah, that's the game. They all play that game. It was it was Threatened a fun to move. Get yep. taxpayer funding for a new stadium. Watching yeah, Jerry Jones. Just did that. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. The NHL. Watching, watching Jerry Jones meltdown in his press box on Thanksgiving Day yeah. as they <laughs> lost to Buffalo and Josh Allen. There was a lot of Happy was, Bills fans uh, in the Tannis household that day. Speaking was, of melting that was, down, that was a beautiful game. It was. That was a great game. Uh, but uh, speaking speaking of melting down or or, or not, uh, we've got some story, uh, some news from Pharonix. They took a look at the current gen Epic processors, looking at their predecessors. So the you know the new Rome stuff versus uh, the previous generation, and and uh, they they ran some tests, and and one of the uh, focuses here was was efficiency. And uh, what did they find, Jeremy? Uh, vast improvements in the new Zen 2-based uh, Rome. Like, vast improvements. So not only are you looking at something that's significantly better performance-wise, uh, compared against its own previous generation, compared against what Intel's currently offering, the thermals on them were hugely improved. Uh, in, in, in most cases, uh, you were seeing like the, say the 7642 running about h- half of what the 7401P was. Uh, it's a, it's a, they, they end up doing spreads of temperatures because they run through God only knows like a hundred, 120 different, uh, workloads that servers would face. And towards the end sort of gave it just an overall look at, what's changed and i mean some of them you know they do suck up a huge amount of power regardless what you do but in the vast majority of it when they're looking at uh the performance per uh watt and essentially what they were doing is measuring how much the hvac system is pulling in as opposed to the system temp uh powers draw because it's the hvac that you're paying for in a server room and it's impressive uh the, the the one of the benchmarks that they did the the mean result for the seventy three fifty one p was two thousand nine hundred and four point six one, 
the 7742, 7634.33. That translates to a huge amount of money over the course of a year uh, for a business. Just a huge amount. Even the very lowest one uh, is, is beating or tying the most power efficient of the previous generation of, of Naples. So this is, you know, not just a huge win for AMD performance wise, because when you're looking at it, one of the things that, okay, it'll cut my processing power down by that, which is valuable to me, but it's going to cost me how much more in cooling. And you can learn to turn around and say, well, actually it's going to cut your power bill significantly and provide you better performance. So it, it's just a huge win for AMD with this, this new architecture for Epic. And they're just, they're going to make so much money off of this because uh, it's it's a no-brainer to buy if you're upgrading. If you're doing a nice forklift upgrade, like, how would you not go with Epic? Yeah, but this is why we can't have 3950Xs, damn it. Well, that's the drawback is yeah. that's why we're not seeing those 3950s because, well, yeah, I mean, it's a really pile of money over here and a smaller one over there, so yeah, we're going for that one. And we'll, yeah. we'll see if Intel – I'm sorry, go ahead, Josh. And then they've got feet. I was talking on Twitter today. I mean, they got features that Intel doesn't. And one of the biggest ones uh, is uh, if, if you're a big IO guy, PCIe 4.0 is, is out and it's only on AMD stuff. And I mean, Samsung, I think they released this past quarter, uh, their enterprise level, uh, PCIe 4.0 SSDs. Uh, they're like, you know, 1.5 million IOPS and, uh, eight gigabytes per second and, you know, 10, uh, 10 terabyte you know, half height, half length sticks. I mean, just, you know, they're obviously uh, very inexpensive products that we can pick up. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, we need to get that uh, Dave Graham guy. I, I need to uh, schedule a time with him to sit down and, and chat. He's the uh, the uh, marketing manager for Dell, and uh, he's really been pushing Epic big time now that uh, they're at seven nanometer and these new products are rolling out and he sees a lot of really good things uh, coming out of them. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see uh, in this next year because, you know, initially when Intel and AMD, you know, kind of announced their next generation stuff and uh, and we were going into spring of 2019, I thought AMD maybe had six to eight months of a window where they could really start making some, some, some cash, uh, you know, making some hay. And then the more and more announcements that we've been hearing from Intel, that window is kind of enlarged. And now we're we're really they've got a, a two year window before Intel has anything that's going to be competitive. Uh, it's all going to be fourteen nanometer stuff. I mean, sure they're going to have some lower power ten nanometer things that they'll shoehorn in, um, but it's all basically Skylake and. It's just not going to cut it anymore. And I mean, they still can't produce enough stuff for the demand that there is. And AMD is going to be picking that up. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. We're going to have, you know, a more healthy <laughs> um, competitive environment than we have seen in a long time. And, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to see some prices drop. AMD is going to see their ASPs rise. But overall, I think uh, it's going to give consumers at, at both, you know, consumer level and the enterprise level, you know, much more leverage uh, with their their buying dollars. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and it's interesting, too, because 
and again, having no server enterprise experience personally until I started here and then going to events this year and talking to companies and vendors and kind of getting a taste of that. Like it's, it's really, it, it's really interesting because while there are some, uh, customers in the server space who, who are sensitive to upfront price, like that initial cost of the processor, most of them don't care at all. It's about density, like computing de- how much power and performance per square foot of, of uh, data center. And as Jeremy talked about too, like cooling and, and air, you know, air conditioning and power usage. Um, well, it all comes down really to power usage. And then of course, for some companies too, it's about, you know, the environmental impact. And so the less power you can use, the better you can offset it easier with carbon credits or whatever. So these are all the factors that are at play and to see AMD come in and be the cheapest option up front. And now as we're seeing too, be but much better on performance in terms of total operating costs. I mean, they're, they're just, usually you would, you would imagine you would see like uh, the, the market split where you've got one that's cheaper, but more expensive to run and vice versa. And, but AMD's got both. And uh, with, with Intel having the supply problems that Josh alluded to, and also having very limited transparency on their most performant Xeon parts, those 9200 Platinums, where that's a, it's, it's a, it's a single box. You've got to buy it from Intel and they don't have pricing. They do it on a per customer basis. So we don't know what the install base is. We don't know what the costs are. We don't really know what the cost ownership is. It's uh, it's not looking good, as Josh said. And and still no PCIe 4.0 even. Exactly. And you're still missing that feature if that's if that's yeah. important to your workload. Yeah. And if but, you're on the uh, web front end, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break now to thank our sponsor this week. We'll be right back. Today's sponsor is Captera, the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business. What if you could make your work take less work? You can with Captera. Captera helps you find the right software for your needs fast so that you can get back to business even faster. Compare thousands of software options, read reviews, and instantly narrow your favorites. You'll have more time in no time. Find the right software right now at captera.com slash pcper. With over 1 million reviews of products from real software users, discover everything you need to make an informed decision. Search through more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to software designed for yoga studios and health clubs. For any business, small or large, and no matter what kind of software you need, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution fast. For example, here at PC Per. We needed a new link shortening service to help us easily share links to our articles in places like social media and podcast show notes. With Captera, we found dozens of options, and we were able to quickly pick the right solution thanks to Captera's honest reviews from real users of each app or service, easily comparable lists of pricing, licensing terms and features, and helpful screenshots and videos showing the software in action. And best of all, Captera is absolutely free. No sign-up, no subscription. Just head to captera.com slash PCPer for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash PCPer. Captera, software selection simplified. And we're back. Uh, thanks to Captera uh, for sponsoring us this week. Uh, so moving on to the next segment of news, we've got a bunch of gaming related uh, discussion. Uh, moving away from enterprise and into the fun yeah, stuff. Freaking finally. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> first off is uh, NVIDIA earlier this week on December 3rd, they came out uh, with a an article called Why Does High Frames Per Second or FPS Matter for Esports? 
I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm not a fan of the style of esports with the capital E and the lowercase sports. I always, I figured maybe a hyphen or the lowercase E, capital S. I like the lowercase E look better. Yeah, that just looks weird to me. But anyway, you do you, NVIDIA. So their, their point here is they've got an article and a video, and it's based on some studies that they did earlier this year. And of course, you know, it's marketing. It's, it's NVIDIA. But they're talking about with with both high and, and they use it interchangeably even though it's not technically the same but they're talking about both high frame rate so high frames per second and high refresh rate on your monitor and why that matters and they've got some nice examples kind of illustrating it and and it's true you know this is um uh, th this is a you, you get smoother motion with the higher stuff but where they kind of go a little crazy i mean i guess it kind of makes sense but later on here they they, they argue, as Jeremy is prepping for us with the ominous music, they argue, where is it in this article, that it gives you a competitive advantage so that your kill-to-death ratio goes up significantly, up to 90%, when you go from a baseline of 60 hertz to 180. At least that's as far as they, as far as they went. I don't think that's in... Oh, no, I'm sorry. So it's not hertz. This is the frames per second graph. So again, confusing. They've switched back and forth. But... So when if you start at 60 frames per second as a baseline, they're saying that if you go to 180 frames per second, see if I can make that bigger. Oh, I blew it. No, it didn't get any bigger. There we That's go. Look at that. What Look she at said. That. Um. Well, that hurts. And but I, I count on my ballots tearing to be able to hit people. Yeah. So their point here is that it makes the, they've got a couple points. First of all, at the higher frame rates and higher refresh rates. If you turn VSync off, your tearing is less noticeable because there's just less update. You know, the updates are happening faster, so the tearing isn't as noticeable. Also, the motion's smoother, so that if you're aiming at somebody and it appears to you that they're this this far behind, but they're actually right in your sights, you can kill them. But I looked at their study and they, they didn't at least they didn't list the methodology that I could see. I'm not sure they're controlling properly here because that's a significant change. And I think it might be likely that someone who's going to spend the money to get the graphics horsepower to get to those frame rates and then buy the fancy monitor that can do that refresh rate, they're probably more into gaming. They, they monitored it, or they, they used it, they, they controlled for it based on hours per week. But again, that's not necessarily skill level. That's just hours per week. Maybe a guy who was into Fortnite for two years and started school and isn't playing as much recently or something like that. So I don't know. What do, what do you guys think about uh, about this? Many, many years ago, Probably one of my first big thing that was ever listed on, uh, gosh, what was the uh, slash dot? Was 30 versus 60 frames per second. And mm -hmm. uh, I did kind of a, a neuroethological write-up about how humans get information visually. And, you know, my, my conclusions back then... We're like, you know, 72 frames per second. And this is back in CRT days. And it was and said, you know, and, and tied with 72 hertz was was a nice uh thing to keep you mostly flicker free, but also, you know, the stuff going faster because 30 was just too slow. 60 was was much better, but you know, going up, yeah, and again, this we're talking voodoo two time and voodoo three when they were coming out and you know, CRT monitors that were giving you maybe 85 hertz or flicker-free type yeah. gaming. But after I'd written that, I get 
quite a bit of, of, of data and uh, links and, and other studies that people pointed me to. And I mean, like the Air Force was doing uh, visual type testing, you know, back in the 60s where they would flash something at like, you know, one 250th of a second, you know, just an image on a wall. And the people were able to, you know, actually identify that. I mean, just the 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 visual acuity of someone who is trained in that stuff is really, really high. And so they'd, you know, they'd have some kind of Russian fighter. They'd flash up there to these pilots that they were doing tests on. They're like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a MiG twenty one, and you know their their accuracy was really, really high. And and after about you know two hundred fifty frames per second, you know the things really became muddled and it, it and it wasn't there but yeah i think that we're we're seeing up to that kind of area is you will have measurable positive impact because you're getting closer and closer to reality the way you know photons and hit your hit your uh hit your rods and cones and if you think about you know the cones themselves they can actually be activated neurologically by even just one photon. So you can see that, mm-hmm. that the human eyes are very, very sensitive. Um, now, there's also another really poorly designed, but that's a different yeah, yeah. But there, But the other component to that is training, is that you can put somebody in front of a 240 hertz monitor and they won't see any difference in, in their gaming because they've just never spent enough time in training their brain to get all that information in but you know people who spend hours and hours in front of it and game and practice their visual acuity actually goes to a much much higher level and they're able to actually utilize more of the information that's coming to them through this high frames per second screen and so you know it's it's a better simulation of reality because you're not at these strange 30 60 frames per second you know 60 hertz and in a regular lcd which you know once you go on 44 and above it's a whole different ball game uh and especially if you spend any kind of time there at you know 120 144 and then go back to a 60 you're just you're 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 tearing your hair out and so yeah it's 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 a combination of of human physiology as well as training and so i agree 100 that the higher the hertz the better it's going to be just because there's so much science behind, uh, you know, how humans, you know, behave with their visual subsystem, both, you know, uh, physiologically with the eyes and then with the brain. But again, training, training is, is an area that is often overlooked with these things. So it's, uh, you know, it's something that we're going to hear more about. And now that LCD technology has gotten to the point where, it can do this reliably and in good quality. It's neat to see, but this has been, you know, 50, 60 years in the making to get us to this point. Yeah. And I want to clarify, I'm not at all suggesting that frame rate doesn't matter or that refresh rate on your display doesn't matter or that higher isn't better, at least to a point, as far as I've experienced, like going from 60 to my first 120 Hertz Asus display. Like when was it? When was that first one that came out? It was. 2013 or something. I had to buy it from NCIX from Canada. <laughs> Paid like a, a boatload in shipping and customs. But uh, it was it was amazing. So I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm just saying uh, I don't... I have a hard time 
believing that it's going to nearly double your kill to death ratio again in, in a controlled environment so these people are probably better i'm not saying nvidia is like lying about the data i'm just saying that methodologically it's probably not this dramatic and as uh, uh, if you were plopped right in front of a completely unfamiliar game and played one round at 60 and one round at 144 i doubt there's going to be a measurable difference mm-hmm. but as josh is talking about once you've trained yourself to the point where you know you you your brain isn't even processing the backgrounds anymore because it's already memorized them it's looking for the di- the changes and the differences once you're at that point then yes a, a better tool better faster refresh rate on a monitor is going to help you but you know it's not going to magically double your kill to death ratio yeah as uh, as ruthless fairs in our youtube chat said that uh, when he switched from 60 to 144 hertz uh, he was able to perform better but not to the exaggerated extent that nvidia is showing here so you know anytime marketing. and he's yeah right because this is what's their end game here why would nvidia a company that sells graphics cards to gamers be interested in in sponsoring a study like this or conducting their own internal testing for this well it's to sell graphics cards and this is probably leading to something where there's going to be an advertising campaign or something built around you know, for some reason, in certain circumstances, with certain games at certain resolutions and certain quality settings, if they can boast X percentage higher than AMD at a price point. And right now it's kind of a they're in a position where they can market to a certain price point a lot better than AMD can because we're still waiting on those uh, Navi parts like the 1080p geared Navi parts like OEMs already have the the 5500 series graphics but we don't have anything but the sort of medium sized Navi and we don't have any big Navi yet so I'm just kind of curious as to where all of this is going because we've seen a couple of stories in the last calendar year from NVIDIA about kill rates and it's to me it's got to be leading somewhere like what is what's the point here are you saying that NVIDIA cards are going to give you X percentage higher frame rates and therefore improve kill rates versus AMD because or are they just still trying to sell people on the idea that they need to buy an RTX card versus well, that, like a GTX 10 series yeah Th- this campaign ray trace bullets are more accurate yeah oh, of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wonder but, I'm always very skeptical about things because anytime I see a medical study or anything I'm like alright what was the what was the size of the uh, the test like how many people were were involved in, in what country over what period of time what year and i want to know like were they using the same mouse was the mouse set to the exact same like uh, dpi setting between the two like was there some sort of synergy between the mouse uh, optical refresh and the monitor that they weren't getting at the lower resolution but they were getting at the higher resolution we're talking about people who are probably so precise that with these tiny hand movements they're making yeah. these huge jumps and like the acceleration or whatever they're using is like perfected to the point where they're wheeling around and then aiming within like a pixel of precision and shooting a perfect headshot in a game that they play for hours and hours a day for their livelihood. If they're a sponsored gamer versus somebody like me, who, if I have time to play a game, I'm kind of stumbling through it for an hour or two. And and my mouse isn't at fifteen thousand DPI, right? And I yeah, my mouse is set to like sixty four hundred, and I think that's yeah. really high. That yeah. So 
yeah. The, the DPI wars are, you know, they exist for a reason. It's yep. crazy, you know, 32,600 DPI. And what if, what if they, the next frontier is variable DPI mice? Like it senses based on acceleration of your hand whether it needs to go to a lower DPI for that precision targeting or a higher DPI. Oh, well, you suck. Around. Let's drop this down a bit. <laughs> you get, uh, uh, do you guys remember well, guess- in the 90s when they had those things you put on your fingers and it was supposed to be mind control? And you could I saw an the LGR video about that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. They used to have yeah. one in us. There was like a display unit in the Circuit City in 95 that I went to and I was. I was like, oh, I think it's working. I don't, but to use that mind control, right? Yeah. You fi- you it's like my out. blob is my blob is moving a little bit to the right. But then again, if you just don't touch the controller at all, it's yeah. still kind of randomly moving around. Well, and and there was a great LGR video. I'll try to link it in the chat yeah. but, or in the show notes. But in his, he turned around and faced away from the screen, and it was still just flying all over the place. Yeah. But it was. But my, yes. My point is, you integrate that technology. The twenty. 19 version of that and it detects how pissed off you are and then that's how it adjusts your dpi for you by the way unrelated but i grabbed a prop earlier we were talking about i think jim brought this up the way that nvidia was spelling uh esports capital e lowercase s so whoever wrote this or whoever input it into the site it just auto caps and obviously esports generally as far as i know is either spelled capital es or lowercase e and then capital s or maybe it's just all lowercase. Uh, I had to grab this E GeForce 8800 <laughs> GTX off the shelf because back in the day, EVGA put an E in front of everything. So this is lowercase E hyphen capital G. So, I mean, that's the other extreme. But, you know, this is this is still my favorite era of NVIDIA product names, by the way. Just, just throwing that out there. Nice. Designate I the product an after the number. Because now we've got stop capitalizing Nvidia all the time. And like, yeah. dude, look at it's a small N and capital Nvidia. It's it's your font. I I like that spelling too. it that way. What is it called when you mix the case? There's some name for that. Camp, camel case? case or something. Or I, I can't remember. But I I like that. I like the lowercase uppercase thing. But Hey, I'm, I was a younger person in the early 2000s, and I thought it was cool. Well, uh, continuing on with games and things that, well, we thought were cool and are still cool, uh, the Halo, as as long promised, Halo the Master Chief Collection has started to roll out now on PC. Uh, now, the way they're doing it is a little different. You can buy the whole Master Chief Collection, which has been available on Xbox for several years and gives you all the games up front. With PC, you buy the collection or the individual games, and they're rolling out like one game at a time. And uh, I think, was it Reach is the first one that uh, just uh, became available. It's on Steam and on the um, Xbox uh, Game Pass for PC. So you can get it that way too if you've, if you've got Game Pass. And it looks like they're going to be supporting uh, modding because there's some, uh, as Scott wrote up for us, there are some features that have been discovered that are going to allow the disabling of the anti-cheat mechanisms in the code so obviously that would be integral for many different types of mods and uh having that as an option uh, is going to be real interesting as people get their hands back on these classic halo games i never played reach do you guys play reach i never really played played one through three one was big because one came out our freshman year of college and that was the the land party game 
was the launch title of Xbox. Yeah. Yep. I saw a Reddit post where somebody posted a picture of the original Xbox dev kit, and it's towers, and their title was the. Hey, I, I just today I learned that the original Xbox dev kit was basically a PC. To which the top comment was the original <laughs> Xbox basically was a PC. It's a PC. Yeah. <laughs> So, Brilliant! Yeah, it was a Celeron with a GeForce Four. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've got one. I should actually do a teardown video to educate people. Like, this is an original Xbox. This is what's inside. And yes, you can install a different operating system on it. It was very popular to mod those oh, and yeah. put emulators and stuff on them. But and just not enough memory. Was yeah. sixty four megs? Yeah, that was that mm, was if uh, even. Uh, but uh, I mean, it, it's 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 modability as a PC is is what gave us a lot of things like uh, XBMC, Xbox right, yeah. Media Center, which then became the basis for Kodi and Plex. Originally, Plex was yep. originally formed as a Mac version, a Mac fork of the XBMC project. So, a lot of things are owed to that uh, interesting little box that was short lived, unfortunately. But uh, what's that anyway, benchmark in the background? Sebastian. That is Metro Oh, it's Metro. Oh. Yeah, I was doing Far, Far Cry 5 before. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I love Metro games for their benchmarks because it's been a standalone utility that you run. You can customize it. You get a box. which you want And it's got nice graphs and stuff. Yeah. If you want to, I could, I could choose how many iterations I wanted. I could say run it seven times. Yeah. And just leave, come back, it's really and nice give me tool. a graph for each run. The problem is because I'm actually capturing the present mon stuff through right now. I'm using uh, frame view before I was using OCAT, but OCAT is not as well supported. We'll just say that they actually pulled it for a while. They put it back up. You can download it again, but there's still certain games that it always, always given me fits with. So anyway, we could, we could get into the way you capture data, but this is the easiest way for me to get, Average, 95th and 99th percentile data. It even does 99.9th as well, but I don't use that. But anyway, it's a nice benchmark. Uh, speaking of uh, additional games, although Epic exclusives, uh, Jeremy, one of Jeremy's favorites, is coming out soon, right? Tell us about this. Yeah, it's only been about a 20-year frickin' wait since MacWarrior 4 Mercenaries. But yes, finally... Uh, if you've broken down like I have and joined the dark side and getting Epic so that you can get some of these games that uh, it will have a variable length of exclusivity. Uh, this one, they're babbling about a full year, but MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries will drop on December 10th. It's, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's been a long time since I've played these. I'm curious to see how they're going to try and destroy uh, one of my favorite franchises because it honestly looks beautiful and as you just stomp and tromp through a building i mean how can you not have fun doing this it's not really gonna have much of a story uh the mercenaries versions are you're a mercenary company and you're desperately trying to scrape together enough sea bills to pay the rent and you know hopefully repair your mechs and buy new weapons and armor uh so it's it's going to be interesting. It's uh, one of the things that some people are maybe upset about is it's actually set very early in the Battletech universe. So no clans, 
a huge amount of mechs that you've probably fallen in love with with various other games just simply don't exist. They haven't been, uh, well, the Lost Tech hasn't been rediscovered to be able to do them. But you are going to still have some of the fun. Like there's a a loadout with an LBX auto cannon on it. So you're still going to have some fun. And I'm looking forward to breaking this out when it uh, launches. I've never played any MechWarrior game. Just never. MechWarrior Online was 3D game, true 3D game I ever played because it came with my Voodoo graphics, Orchid Righteous 3D. It did. MechWarrior 2. Nice. Well, that's something to look forward to. Epic exclusive, but uh, you'll find it December 10th. and uh, continuing on the Epic train, I believe this one's a little more controversial because was, uh, th- there's a game coming out, uh, Phoenix Point, and wasn't this one something that was promised Steam in the crowdfunding and then switched to Epic later on? They did it on Fig, um, it? Okay. which is a little bit different than uh, a Kickstarter. Essentially, you're pretending to be a vulture capitalist and getting money from people, and they did say that it was going to be available on various platforms. Uh, they didn't say it was going to be exclusive to Epic Store because, well, among other things, Epic Store didn't exist when this was first kicked off. But this will be fun because this is Julian Gallup, who was or Gallup, sorry, who is one of the original developers on X Point or X Point, XCOM UFO Defense, uh, the horrible game where you just tended to die horribly or run out of money or the government turned against you, and you, it was not an easy game. So they're going to hold on to that style where, as opposed to the XCOM with a dash, it's, or without a dash, it's, you're not going to be able to win every mission. You're not going to be able to pick every mission. You're, there's so much stuff going on in the world that you have to pick and choose what you do and live with consequences as opposed to maybe missing, you know, maybe eventually having a, oh, well, you can pick this path or this path on, on a certain mission. In this case, no, you're going to be completely and utterly overwhelmed uh, so that you feel more like there's a huge alien invasion going on and you're barely sticking around. And to make it a little more interesting, there are three human factions and being humans, well, they've got their own take on how things should be. And you are Phoenix Point, sort of a fourth uh, faction. And so you have to choose whether you're going to work with these guys or not. And humans being humans, you can be guaranteed they're going to go to war uh, with each other, regardless of the fact that, you know, the planet's facing extinction. So it's going to be uh, rather interesting. It should, and you know, again, it's, it's kind of annoying that it's out only on Epic. It's been out in beta for a little bit. Uh, I didn't pre-order it, so I didn't get a chance to play with any of the betas. But the original, the actual game is out now, and you can pick it up if you so desire. It looks interesting uh, in in the variety of ways that I've described. And although I don't know exactly how they've implemented it, apparently you can take over a soldier and aim the rifle manually. So if you've got an enemy who's uh, got a shield, uh, you're able to move where your reticle where you want to be hitting to above the shield to try and clip them in the nose. That that, that picture reminds me of the, the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. <laughs> it does, kind of. Uh, and the other thing is that because uh, they've got the physics to handle it, if you are pretty damn sure you know where an alien is who's obscured by a wall, shrubbery, or whatever, you can take the shot, and if it can penetrate, it will penetrate and hit them. 
So a lot of things stacked up on it, but you know, faith with the person who's at the head of it. So we'll see. I'm nice. picked it up because God, I've got so many other things to do right now. Uh, one real quick thing that I saw uh, on Reddit uh, recently, there was a, a recent Rick and Morty episode uh, that uh, Rick has a computer and uh, he's using the computer in the plot to analyze uh, fecal matter. But if you uh, zoom in to the graphic to the screenshot, uh, there's some interesting uh, details about the hardware he's using and some intrepid Reddit users went in and, uh, you know, wrote, wrote it all and summarized it for us. So the, uh, oop, let me zoom out a little bit there. So interesting, uh, the, the fictional computer, of course, that Rick is using is a 128 bit AMD CPU named the QX 3700 plus, but it's running at 7.99 Hertz. So they're speculating maybe this is a quantum computer that the Q stands for Q. And so that describes the uh, discrepancy there in the, the uh, operating frequency. The PC has about 400 terabytes of uh, storage on an NVMe SSD. And uh, interestingly, it has 3.5 exabytes of memory, system memory. So it's a little overkill, especially compared to the storage. And it's running a custom uh, Debian uh, Linux distribution. So just a little quick thing there, uh, fun thing about uh, that we noticed. I, uh, I guess the I can't keep up on my, uh, the, the outrage trends. I guess the Rick and Morty community is supposedly toxic or something. And something about Szechuan sauce. I don't know. I, I enjoy the cartoon. So seeing the little details there and seeing, seeing the creators give AMD a little, little love. Yeah. That was fun. All right. Uh, any other news before we jump into the, uh, reviews, any topics or points you guys want to make? No, no other news. Uh, Are I, your feet wet? Yeah. I think we'll have more to talk about next week. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and I, I want to point out too, um, way back at the, when we ran our little AMD promo teaser, I, I said, baby Yoda, I said that for convenience. There was several people who called me out. I want to clarify. I understand that it's not Yoda. That is a baby, a 50 year old baby of the species of whatever Yoda was. And we say baby. Yoda I, I also said convenience. baby Yoda, but I haven't seen the Mandalorian at all. Mm. It's good. It's real good. Yeah, but didn't he get you Disney Plus? Are you Disney Plus household, Jim? Uh, well, I am. I, I got the uh, trial with, uh, or it's, it comes with Verizon, or one of one of the things we subscribe to gives us Disney okay. Plus. So huh. we've got Disney Plus. Um, <clears throat> but it may be on our Plex server. So mm, yeah. there's no such thing as a Plex server. Mm. No, I only yeah. use Plex to access. Uh, media that you I know there's free TV con content. Yeah, that's true. And Microsoft training videos. Yeah. yeah, you can yeah. just watch the Terminator right now on Plex for free mm -hmm. with ads. With ads, like there's like 20 of them throughout the movie. It's Are they it's like watching it on cable? The Terminator was originally released because that would actually be great. That would be that would be sweet. No. Yes, it I would is, watch it those. Is typical streaming ads. You get like the same ad three times in a row every five minutes. Yes. Yeah. But. Yeah, uh, uh, just to clarify for if, if you're curious, the uh, Plex service just uh, the other day launched a free content thing so that uh, everybody's libraries, because with everything Plex does, it's opt out rather than opt in, unfortunately. But a movies and TV category appeared, which is full of mostly B content. There's a couple good movies in there, like Terminator, but it's it's a lot of B rated or uh, B level uh, m movies and TV shows, and they're they're free to stream. 
but with ads inserted like most of those ad supported services. So a little controversial on Plex's part, but uh, you can turn it off if you don't want it, thankfully. It's it's very Facebook of them. I wonder if in the future you just open up the Plex app and it's like full screen ad and you have to like find a way to get around it and then you can use the app until yeah. the next full screen ad comes up in the middle of your own personal content streaming. Yeah, I'm a little... With every update Plex has made, there's been a group of people very wary, and I, yeah. I'm part of that group a little bit. I mean, I've been. I mean, using... right now they have the freemium model that has never paid off as big yeah. as just <laughs> harvesting data and going all out with advertising. Like Twitter still is desperately trying to do things to stay relevant and make money, and adding ads into the timeline. Mm-hmm. Of course, they've been doing that for a while now, but. Well, Dorsey's got to pay selling. for his armed compound in Africa next year, so he's got to yeah. get that money. But, but uh, I mean, they they charge companies and individuals money to promote things. Mm-hmm. So, they, like, trending topics can be bought. That's where they make a large portion of their money because advertising isn't that big on Twitter compared to Facebook, which is all advertising. And you're just literally signing up for a service to just give them as much personal data as you possibly can learning about what you like, what you don't like, what you like to buy. And they sort of persistently follow you through the web and yeah, monitor everything that you do. Maybe, maybe Plex will go down that road too. We don't know. It would be a shame. Um, there'll be something but, uh, else. There'll be something else to replace it eventually. Well, there's uh, there's jellyfin, I think is the name. It's a open source fork of uh, Plex from before they went to their new unified system. So there's that, then there's Cody and, Ember yeah. or MB, MB. There's there's options. Roku is uh, desperately adding new stuff. Yes, but anyway, let's get through the reviews. And uh, first up, we'll, real quick, we'll look at a power supply from Lee. Now, this is a bit of a of a rehash here. It's the Silverstone S. That's an SSD. Uh, well, no, it's the first time very, I saw it, I thought it was an SSD. Yeah, it's just a very clean shot of an SFX power supply, the side of the power supply. So. We've got here a Silverstone SX700PT. Now, you may, if you are a fan of Lee's power supply reviews, which you should be because he does a great job uh, going into measuring all the uh, efficiencies and, and, uh, uh, and performance and, and uh, variables and all that. So he reviewed a few months ago the Silverstone SX700G, which is almost identical to this. And he gave it, I think it was a silver, uh, silver award at the time. So it's a small form factor power supply at 700 watts, which is that new thing that this this year, going back to CES, is when a bunch of companies started getting to that, that capacity and higher now in this SFX form factor. The difference is between that, that original SF, uh, S, uh, uh, SX700G and this SX700PT is that the PT stands for platinum versus G for gold. So increased efficiency, so you got 80 plus platinum rating. The other big difference is that you get an extra... Uh, four plus four pin EPS ATX cable. So you, if you've got a motherboard that needs two of those, you can you can use it. And uh, and then of course they also up the warranty. The original was on a three year warranty, and this new one has a five year. So all good additions to this very nice power supply. And so you know I, I don't want to go through everything that Lee does. If if you're interested and if you're shopping for a power supply, come check out the reviews that Lee Garbett does for us at PCPro.com. He goes through. You know all the all what you get in the box. He looks in the inside to evaluate evaluate what kind of capacitors it has, which is actually one of this things. Uh, what this power supply's downsides. Uh, he goes through the tolerances and the voltages and the efficiencies and the fan curves and all the good stuff. 
And uh, basically, the conclusion for this guy is that it's a very good 700 watt compact SFX power supply. And it is a true compact, it's a true SFX. It's not one of the SFXLs. So for those real tight, small cases, it's a good option there uh, for, for, the, for the power that you get in that at, that, at that size. And uh, it's got a uh, variable fan speed. So the fan will go up as load goes up and be quiet when the load's low. Everything's great, except the electrolytic capacitors are only rated for 85C. And at this price point and at this, you know, I don't know how do you, how do you say it, uh, at, this, at this level of, of, of uh, quality, you're normally looking at 105 degree rated capacitors. So a little surprising that that's there. And also because it is expensive, it's $186 right now. You're looking at, uh, for $10 less, you can go to the Corsair SF, so small form factor, 750. And that is a little bit more capacity in terms of total wattage, seven year warranty, and the 105 degree rated caps. So, yeah, uh, yeah Corsair has been pretty disruptive with SFX, mm -hmm. this form factor with that true SFX. And, and Silverstone has generally a better offering in SFXL, the longer form factor that has a larger fan. Yeah. So if you're, if you can possibly integrate SFXL into the case, Lee generally recommends you do so. But Corsair yeah. is price performance from the pure SFX. Like if you need the smallest form factor is pretty tough to beat right now. And I was a little surprised at the 85C caps. I wonder, you know, exactly what the rationale there is or if like the the fan profile is tuned so that they're they're not worried about longevity because obviously they did up the warranty mm -hmm. this time around but it's interesting and like you said check out the review if you want to see the actual test bench results because he graphs everything and charts everything from his actual sessions with the psu yep all right so that's again that's the silverstone sx 700 pt and make sure when you're shopping for that, you can't just search the SX700 because you've got the the G and then there's some other, there's the L, there's the LPT. So there's the, the long, as Sebastian was saying, the long form factor PT version. So just be careful when you're searching, make sure you get the right product that'll fit your needs and your case. Uh, wrapping up the news and reviews this week, we've got something from Sebastian uh, looking at the value proposition of a pre-built gaming PC. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I had actually sat on this for a little while because... The products right after I finished reviewing it disappeared literally from, I think I sent the system back like the, the second to last week of October or something. And by around Halloween, it was gone. So I got a hold of my contact with iBuyPower and it's like, okay, what's going on here? This system is gone. My Basically, my entire review is shot at this point because I cannot review something, publish something for a product that doesn't exist. So they got me a different product number, like, oh, no, 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 it's, it's just been replaced. And so what we're talking about is I buy power, and you've probably seen them if you've ever looked at pre-configured gaming systems. They sell direct, they sell through places like Best Buy. But they have this same-day gaming PC that's a pre-configured unit that you just order, and they actually ship it to you that day if you get it in before their deadline. And so they, they're the RDY system. So like the ready configurations and those actually are subject to change as they explained to me. So let me, let me just uh, uh, interrupt you real quick. Um, yeah. So this costs $28 and 45 cents. That's a pretty good deal. 
Oh, no, that's brilliant. the place. That's the placeholder price. Apparently, <laughs> my. <laughs> so what's, we, what's we had some, comes with a socket? Me in the back end of this had some some disagreements with uh, saving my drafts. I think because I had a couple of issues like this that came up. I'll fix that. No, the the actual price of this was nine forty nine. Oh, okay. And so my the whole point of of me looking at this system was okay. We we do hardware reviews on a per component basis most of the time. So my perspective on this is literally going to be, okay, but what if I built it myself? So th- they use cases that are quite similar to, but not necessarily identical to cases that you can go out and buy. They use a lot of NZXT and Fantex cases uh, with custom front panels, or in the case of the replacement for this one, a just a totally stock Fantex case replaced this. It was actually the one that, Kent reviewed for us recently. I think it was the P360X. But this particular configuration is, at its heart, a a B450 motherboard with a Ryzen 5 3600 CPU and a MSI GTX 1660 Ti graphics card. And there's, like as I said in the review, there's just nothing wrong with a gaming system that has a Ryzen 5 3600 and a 1660 Ti. It's a great combo. It's like a classic combo for this era. So the performance is outstanding. It And I didn't get into individual performance numbers, really, because it's like, just look up any review of a stock 1660 and a Ryzen 5. Because the cooler was up to the task. It was using a large enough CPU cooler. The, the case cooling was fine. Nothing ever really got loud. The build quality was was fine. Like there was nothing really to complain about. You could certainly do better on your own, but I was like specifically targeting current retail prices on the components on Amazon. And when I added it all up, because I had to pay for a Windows license, it ended up being about five dollars cheaper to buy the iBuy Power System that particular day. So it was on like November, whatever it was, the the first or second week of November that I did all the pricing. So, uh, what kind of storage does it have? It has a 500 gig Western Digital Blue SSD, which I'm kind of impressed by. Those they're they're not going to be the fastest SATA drive you can buy, but they're okay. And it's there's no spinning media on this at all. So 500 gigabytes, it's kind of on the fringe. You'd probably want to add a hard drive to this if you're going to add a large game library, but that's pretty common anyway to have. Does the motherboard have an NVMe slot? Oh, the B, no, I don't think so. Uh, I do not remember. And it was actually the CSM version, too, that came in it, which was not advertised, which is interesting to oh. me. That's the sort of business-oriented one. Actually, I think it does. I've got to. It's got to it Yeah, it does. It was not being used. But, yes, yeah, so you could add an end up. One of those two terabyte uh, P660 or 660P mm-hmm. for 4 Less than two hundred dollars, one hundred and seventy-two bucks, I think that this week. What an awesome gaming drive! I wonder how long it'll take before integrators start using NVMe drives by default instead of putting. I want to know when it gets five G. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Dell's already doing it with their laptops, so true. True. That's yeah. That's kind of out of necessity, though, with so many of their models not having room anymore for two and a half inch drives, but. When you think about like anyway, on the pre-built desktop, how long it took them to get rid of moving, you know, mechanical hard drives. That's it might be a while, but 
because so many motherboards have the slots, as Josh pointed out, you know, you don't even need to go for a two terabyte, get a one terabyte 660p or Corsair, or I'm sorry, was it Crucial P1 or Samsung QVL? These things are all about a hundred bucks for a terabyte. Yep. Pop it in there. You're good to go. Anyway. Yeah. I, like, like I was saying, value proposition hinges on whether or not you have to pay for the OS. So if you're putting a Linux build together, if you already have a Windows license, or if you're going to do that Windows upgrade thing with a Windows 7 key or something and grab yourself Windows 10, uh, you know, then you can absolutely build this exact system for about $100 less. But I was impressed that the difference between DIY and this system literally came down to the Windows license. Which to me, they're they're pricing it right. If the only way you could build it cheaper is if you didn't have to pay for the OS, so you know, iBuyPower. If you're not familiar with them, they use off the shelf stuff to build their systems. It's not like Dell, where they actually have a Dell OEM motherboard that's made to a specific specification, where everything is like just enough to power the CPUs that they've qualified there's certain memory types or certain memory speeds and that PSU is not ATX it's got its own friggin' custom plugs nowadays yeah like the Aurora series if you've ever worked on one of those it uses a a kind of an unusual power supply size it's similar to ATX but it's always just a little bit different and the harnesses and stuff we don't even want to go down that road (laughs) but (laughs) what was the Newegg brand um, PC was that like cyber power I can't remember I thought it was a Tigers. while ago. Yeah, I, I, I thought, thought it the was Cyber Power was yeah. was Tiger Direct slash oh, well. Circuit City slash whatever else their parent company now owns. But you Gateway. see those things in like Costco and stuff now, I think. But I buy power is pretty much everywhere. It's on Newegg, <laughs> it's on Best Buy, what's like the website and in stores. And, it's an and interesting alternative of, uh, to like the <laughs> the green PCB world of OEM stuff, I guess. What kind of warranty and support do you get? I think it's just a year on this. I'd have to double check, but I think I I had a year on there. I mean, that's worth something. Off the shelf parts is fine because you can actually replace the damn things. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, if it really comes down, if you have, again, with that license, with the Windows license, uh, if if it comes down to a few bucks, like for some people who don't have the space to put together a PC or don't want to or are not comfortable with it. It's their first one. This gives you this. I mean, you, you have an upgrade path too, like, because it is off the shelf, you can pop yeah, it's all standard that thing. Stuff. You've got, you've got the cables for your power supply ready to go. If you had a second GPU or something, it's, it's all, or replace the GPU. So yeah, check it out. Um, and what was the model? Was it, a, it was the, was uh, it's the same crazy, day ready? Yeah. Just check out the ready systems if you're interested, but the, in the review, I have the model of the one I reviewed, which is no longer available. And the one that replaced it, and I linked to that as well, but they're, they're difficult to remember. It's like S I I, you know, two Y G one or something. It's just, they're just a, a code name for a pre-built configuration that have come up with. And it's only there for so long until they move on to the next configuration, but yeah. they have these price points that are always there. And as, as the comments pointed out, you're just bitter because you've built, you've had to, you've had to build so many systems over <laughs> the years that you just are like, Oh yeah, just send it to me complete. I, I said in the, I responded to that comment. It was like, you know what, as I get older, I don't know if it's just an age thing or just I'm getting burned out, but I tried to add up just on average, I build about two complete systems a week. And I've been doing that for six years. So 
that's a lot of computers that I've literally started from just a brand new case in the box, break the seal on it, get a motherboard, get memory, get processor, thermal paste, cooler, hard drive, you know, graphics card, put it all together, do all the cable routing, take pictures of the whole thing, do thermal testing, do noise testing, tear it all down, yeah. get another case out of the box. Like I, I used to come down here to work and when I was just doing cases and coolers, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to build another system. There was like weeks where I'd do three systems in a week. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. And it started to be much more attractive to me to just look at, you know, a pre-built system actually sounds pretty good right now. Because <laughs> yeah. especially if I know exactly what's in it, like that's fine. I'll, I'll upgrade it later, maybe. But let's just not worry about building another system from parts again. Right. But for most so people... Normal people who build a new system maybe every three years, it's fun. It's exciting. I used to get excited yeah. about building a computer before I became jaded and, you know, bitter. Yeah. So not trying to suggest that there's no value. Uh, and, of course, we always recommend if you can and are willing to build, you know, do DIY, you should. Uh, but Yeah. But if you not- aren't able to or not interested in it or just don't, you know, for whatever reason, I was just impressed by the fact that they're not giving you some ridiculous upcharge to get the system together. Like, I'm not going to name names, but you can go configure yourself a system somewhere and you're like, how much extra is it for that CPU? And it's almost always like higher than the retail price of the CPU. Plus you have to consider like if you're looking at a system with a Ryzen 5 and you want to upgrade to the newest Ryzen 9 instead when you're at checkout. Memory and hard drive speeds, they nail you. Yeah, it's like, wait yeah. a minute, you're going to yeah. charge me $600 or $900 more for this CPU, which is already more expensive than the CPU itself. But then it's not like I'm even getting a discount. You're 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 not taking away the 200 I'm saving for the base CPU. You're charging me a thousand more for the higher end one. So it's it's always better if you possibly can to get the base model of anything you can upgrade and then just upgrade it yourself because then you've got two CPUs and you saved money. But that's yeah. when you get into the whole, once you get that sophisticated, you're just done with pre-built systems. Cause it's like, I'm not ever paying for faster memory or a faster CPU or a faster graphics card ever again from one of these places, because it's like Apple. You don't, if, if you could ever buy a Mac with upgradable memory and storage, you always bought the base model and upgraded it yourself later because they just raped you on memory double the memory for four times the cost it's a great deal you know this 500 gigabyte ssd is just six hundred dollars more like yeah okay and i look at my like hundred dollar one terabyte ssd yeah (laughs) now there there are some some system builders out there because i was looking like you know if you look at the cable management it's not it's it's not great it's, it's not great but it's it's fine it's the, at least they, they use the cable routing holes. That's all I care about. Because yeah. yeah, I've seen but, pre-built systems before where all the cables are still up front with the components. Like, it's just a rat's nest. But yeah. at least they shove them behind the motherboard tray. But yeah. th- there are Zip some companies... to the point where the cables are bent and all shoved into <laughs> one corner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, there are some companies that, that you're paying a premium because they'll do really nice cable management or they'll... They're using custom chassis. They're doing custom liquid cooling or at least custom, like they're, they're building airflow chambers, you know, like P- Puget Systems is one of the builders I like because you do pay a premium, uh, but they do a really good job with like airflow and cable management and uh, and they, they warranty the whole, sa- the whole thing and you can send it back to them if there's a problem, you don't have to deal with it. Um, but, but yeah, DIY, 
preferable. But uh, all right, let's jump into the picks of the week. Uh, I'll go first. I've got uh, something not very fun or interesting, but, but uh, you know, useful. Uh, if you're like me, you did a lot of driving this past week. You've probably got some more coming up with the holidays. Make sure your devices can stay charged in the car with a little, you know, oh, I don't, I don't, do they still call it the cigarette lighter? Uh, you know, the, the cigarette lighter. It's the port. power. It's the power yes. port. Yeah. The yeah. power port that was once upon a time a cigarette lighter. Uh, this is this is one from Anchor. There are a ton of these out there. I found this one recently. I had an, I had a, a another brand that I was using and it died uh, after a couple of years. And so I picked this one up uh, for the holidays. So we had something in the car, and I like it because it's it's got uh, two ports on it. It's got a Type A and a Type C. The Type C port will do 18 watts, so that's good for your your big iPhones, even your iPads. Uh, it's not going to give you full charging on everything, but it's better than the the built-in one. A lot of cars have built-in USB ports these days and they don't give you enough power. Um, it, you know, they'll trickle charge the, the bigger stuff. So uh, check this one out. It's the Anchor Car Charger. It's 20 bucks and uh, I got it a week ago and used it in the car over the Thanksgiving holiday and it worked great. So uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. All right, Jeremy, what have you got for us? Oh, someone else is turning the power of AI to evil. Who, in who this case, it is Amazon. Oh. So if you, it is a deep learning keyboard so that what? you can, oh God, Wait, like a music, going, a music keyboard or going. a typing there keyboard. There you go. Okay. Nope. Right See those two? Uh, I go with the former selecting Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Play oh, no. a couple of oh, seconds no. of that. Actually, I don't think, <laughs> I don't know. Can you guys hear this? No, 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 we can't. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll put uh, it in the and I'll put it in post. The the description is uh, uh pretty accurate. So you you take uh say your Spotify thing and you feed it into this with its. Deep it's the Deep Composer console, by the way. And so it'll take Ode to Joy. And you select one of the pre-trained models. So if you want it to sound classical, jazzy, rocky, whatever. It's been trained. And all of a sudden, Beethoven's Ode to Joy is being brought to you with drums and overdriven guitars and electric bass. And it is horrifying. <laughs> Nice. It's only a hundred bucks. If you know somebody <laughs> you really dislike that has a kid, it'd probably be worth it. Because oh god, it is horrible. But you know, you, you can now compose your own stuff and then send it up to the cloud to be uh, AI auto-tuned into something. Do you think this will ever ship? It just uh, says coming soon. I, I it know. Just seems like a, a joke. It, it will. It almost seems like an joke that's how i figure it's going to ship because it is just horrific yeah. enough to do it i i wow. bet and each I month the free trial includes enough to cover four training jobs and 40 inference jobs per no. month during no. the trial period charges may apply after the it expires isn't uh, modern music mass produced enough already without getting ai involved i'm sure that's the future not. we'll just have entire ai bands we're not talking about like the well, you're you're already talking about Billie Eilish or whatever her name is. So, 
yeah, the style of music where it's like breathe talking into the microphone that everything gets auto tuned in as far as any kind yeah. of yeah. tune. But yeah. Well, I'm blissfully ignorant of all that. I haven't listened to modern pop music in a while, but I thought Billy, when I first heard her name, I thought it was a guy named Billy. Because I just heard no, it. Some 17 oh, I'm sorry, Jim. Have you never heard of Billy Holiday? Mm, no. Yeah. Same way. Probably the most famous female jazz singer of all time. Probably the most famous well, jazz singer of all time. One of. Okay. Um, all right. Well, Josh, what have you got for us? Uh, you know what? Memory is so cheap now. So this is pretty much the usual Amazon price these days. Uh, for 115 you get 32 gigs of DDR4-3200. I got it for that price. I'm going to throw it in my main machine. Because even though I don't really need 32 gig, I wanted 32 gig. And for 115 bucks for a solid set of dims, they're not those Oloy. But you can get for ninety nine bucks. I have no idea the quality <laughs> of their parts. They're like everybody else's rejected ICs. They, yeah, they 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 scare me, and so I don't take it. G Skill at least is good. Corsair's good. Crucial good. So yeah, uh, cheap for not such. the timings are pretty good too. Like sixteen, eighteen. Yeah, 18, I mean they're, 30, they're 16, 8, 18, 30, 18, 18. They're not fourteen, yeah, sixteen, sixteens. Um, but yeah, you know what? Though. Yeah. yeah, they're crazy expensive. Yeah. But these are, are perfectly fine. All right, so that's the G Skill Rip Jaws 5. Uh, the exact product that Josh is referring to, we'll have that in the show notes for you. And Sebastian, what have you got for us? I don't know. The most exciting pick you could possibly imagine. Uh, it's a bamboo dish rack, Jim. Oh, okay. And- uh, graphics card storage. It's going to be motherboard and motherboard storage. Okay, yeah. nice. Mostly uh, motherboards. So I, I was looking I was at this. Wondering people, if you were building it all together to like build your own nail, nail uh, bed of nails to sleep on or something. Yeah, you could try that. Maybe it would be like a, a massage implement of some kind. Just lay on it. I'm sure it would be horribly uncomfortable. But I think most of the people who buy these buy them for things like book storage and and storing other items upright. And they get decent reviews. I have I actually haven't received them yet. I just ordered these. I'm still waiting because of all things, these uh, this four pack of bamboo dish racks. Uh, even though it was prime shipping, was like five day shipping. So I don't know where these are coming from. When I get them, I'll give you a full report on their quality and uh, whether or not they actually hold up motherboards without tipping over and damaging expensive computer components you better buy a bag of googly eyes to stick on the end of each one of those posts <laughs> i just have to raid the craft drawer upstairs i'm sure i already have Perfect. googly eyes in various sizes and you know the requisites uh, uh and if they're not blue, stable blue uh alan's got some rubber nubbins that you could, that he picked once that you can use to stabilize them that's the one thing like these will probably have to be screwed down into something I, I had this idea of having them on the wall, but that, that wouldn't work. That, I'll do something with them. But my current storage for motherboards is any flat surface has a board on it all the time. So they're all over the place. They're sitting on a speaker or sitting on a shelf. And there's like a board with a cooler installed on it just somewhere. It's not good. Well, that's the, uh, the Lao, Lao Wei. 
Huawei four pack of bamboo wooden dish. Yeah, the Huawei. The, the Huawei. Yeah, so these uh, Huawei five G enabled bamboo. They are oh. IoT uh, motherboard shelves. Yes. Did you see? Um, uh, I can't remember her name. The 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 executive, the Huawei executive, pleaded not to have the uh, the Huawei hearing televised because she was afraid that Trump would start tweeting during it, like it would draw his attention. <laughs> <and it's>, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so not, not oh, you mean Huawei. my almost neighbor, the one who was stuck having yes. to choose between one of her two mansions in Vancouver that she needs to stay in. Yeah, she four, owns four two, three. not just four, one. But uh, we'll see. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how how Huawei does. But we'll also check out these Huawei four pack. Yeah, Huawei. Yeah, I'll give and you all, a full report, Jim. Yeah, and all all the links, of course, as always, in the show notes. Well, that's the the show for this week. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. We hope everyone had a great uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, as as we said at the beginning of the show, we normally do these on Wednesday nights. This was a Thursday edition, but we'll be back likely uh, next Wednesday if all goes according to plan. And you can join us at pcpro.com slash live, or you can uh, subscribe to our mailing list, pcpro.com slash subscribe, and check out everything on demand at pcpro.com slash podcast, or subscribe to the podcast through your preferred podcast player app or service well until next week we hope everyone has a good one we'll see you next time and let's let's just have amd and lisa and baby yoda technically not technically baby yoda lisa and the and the adorable new character that is like yoda take us out